0: Good morning and welcome to Cornerbrook Baptist Church. It's a pleasure to have you joining us again as we reach another phase in, our, in what hopefully will be our recovery from COVID 19. Just one more day and we will see what kind of, uh, of parameters there are around our lives. And today I want to talk to you about being born from above. Have you ever seen a period of time when the words open and closed are so prevalent? Schools are closed, businesses are closed, parliaments are closed, gyms are closed, and even our borders are closed. Churches are closed. And empty pulpits have been replaced by a form of spiritual content selection on a totally different playing field. When we finally return to our sanctuaries we will have a whole new set of realities to face and a new set of challenges to consider. How will the post COVID world have changed? Will we look at others with suspicion, especially concerning their medical condition? Is a vaccine as close as we would like to think? Will borders reopen and everything just go back to normal? These past couple of weeks show us just how much unrest simmers below the surface. One racist act has forced tensions to erupt. Leaders are left speechless to the questions that are posed. And perhaps it's indicative of the fact that the hard answers are hard to say. In these times, I submit it's time to reopen not just our businesses and our parks and our institutions and our processes, but also our minds to what may be missing as we face today's realities and we face tomorrow's challenges. Let's consider one man from John's Gospel, chapter 3, on his quest for answers. I want to read it today from the message paraphrase of Scripture. There was a man of the Pharisee sect, Nicodemus, a prominent leader among the Jews. Late one night he visited Jesus and said, Rabbi, we all know you're a teacher straight from God. No one could do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts you do if God weren't in it. Jesus said, you're absolutely right. Take it from me. And here's that amazing verse. Unless a person is born from above, it's impossible to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. How can anyone, said Nicodemus, be born who has already been born and grown up. You can't reopen, re enter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born from above talk? Jesus said, You're not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving, the in- the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into new life. It's not possible to enter God's kingdom. When you look at a baby, it's just that. A body you can look at and touch. But the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch, the spirit, and becomes a living spirit. So don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above. Out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone who is born from above by the wind of God, the Spirit of God. Nicodemus asked, what do you mean by this? How does this happen? Jesus said, you're a respected teacher of Israel and you don't know these basics. Listen carefully. I'm speaking sober truth to you. I speak only of what I know by experience. I give witness only to what I've seen with my own eyes. There is nothing secondhand here. No hearsay. Yet instead of facing the evidence and accepting it, you procrastinate with questions. If I tell you things that are as plain as a hand before your face and you don't believe me, What use is there in telling you of things you can't see, the things of God? No one has ever gone up into the presence of God except the one who came down from that presence, the Son of Man. In the same way that Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert so people could have something to see and then believe, it is necessary for the Son of Man to be lifted up. And everyone who looks up to Him, trusting and expectant, will gain a real, real life, eternal life. Have you ever paused for a moment to consider the irony of this encounter in John chapter 3? A man who is highly regarded as a powerful rabbi of the Jews is sitting at the feet of a peasant from Galilee. Nicodemus is one of the most honest characters of all of the Gospels. He sometimes garners a bad reputation. As people suppose, he comes by night to cover his cowardice. But he is the only Pharisee I see in all the Gospels coming to Jesus as an honest seeker of truth. Nicodemus' whole approach to Jesus is respectful. He calls Jesus rabbi and says, We know that you are a teacher sent from God. Very early, in fact, in verse 3, Jesus sets to terms and conditions for entrance to the kingdom of God. He had come to declare this. Except a person is born from above, they cannot see the kingdom of God. Entrance to the kingdom is by the new birth. I've chosen this term rather than the more popular term born, born again. Everybody rich and poor, pagan and religious, moral or immoral, old or young, all must be born from above. Too many people have taken this term, abused its intent, and robbed it of its meaning. The word above transports us to a higher realm and to a gift from God. It's not a cheap publicity stunt or a political category to garner votes. It's not a marketing ploy to lure Christians to a product. Now, let me be clear this morning. Born from above cannot be translated as merely gaining a new outlook. It's not just a reformation. It's not turning over a new leaf, but it runs much deeper. Spiritual birth gives us a new identity created by God and universally recognized by him. Birth from above does not have the slightest taint of human invention and is not possible without divine intervention. It's not found in a creed, a church, a cult, or a ritual. Unless birth from above occurs, a person cannot see the kingdom, let alone enter it. And cannot is a very powerful word. The word for power in Acts 1 and 8, you know the verse, you shall receive power, is dunamai. It means to be able. The word for cannot is the direct opposite. It means to be powerless, not to be able. Without birth from above, no man, woman or child has the power or the ability to see the kingdom of God. I think many people today are unaware of the depth of their need. We use words like upright, decent, good citizen to describe ourselves. Some religion tells me to avoid gross sins and I'm safe. My ego tells me I'm okay. The Bible tells me that I need an experience that is supplied from a Savior whose power and authority is really from another realm. In Jesus' day, it was hard to break into religious circles. If you're not born to a religious family, there were very few roads in. If finding God was hard in those times, living righteously was even harder. Greek influence had attacked the religion of the day and encouraged people to please themselves. Romans had devalued human life. A small corrupt priesthood at this time discouraged purity and the Pharisees had put up walls nearly impossible to climb. But now this carpenter from Galilee was saying there was a way a person could change. To be born from above is a change so radical it can only be compared to entering the womb a second time. A brand new start. It's the wiping clean of a sordid past. It is a balance sheet with no debits and no overdraft. It's a full pardon. It's like a doctor holding a new baby, a new person, and watching a child take its first breath and embark on a pathway of training and conformity to the image of Christ. Now, Jesus hammered this point to Nicodemus. He was a brilliant legal scholar. And the stipulation of this new birth as entrance to the kingdom of God seems to be somewhat foreign to him. He understood natural birth, and he understood baptism. The new birth Jesus is talking about, however, is a transformation of character, and a brand new commitment. Now, Jesus is not the first to preach this new birth, but he certainly is the first able to deliver it. The prophet Ezekiel saw this reborn generation of people, and Jesus offers its fulfillment. Here's what the prophet saw. It comes out in these words in chapter 36. I'll read it from the message again. I'll pour pure water over you and scrub you clean. I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove the stone heart from your body and replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. I'll put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you and live by my commands. You'll once again live in the land I gave your ancestors. You'll be my people. I'll be your God. It really is becoming a new creation, which is the term that Paul uses. The born-from-above person becomes a new man, a new woman. You see, Jesus pressed forward with a principle for Nicodemus. He said, flesh gives birth to flesh and spirit gives birth to spirit. The best we can do as parents is to join our chromosomes and pass on our family traits to our children. and They get the best and the worst of ourselves. Being born of the Spirit, we receive the forgiveness of Christ, and then the Spirit of God begins to develop the characteristics of Christ in us. I believe that Jesus relishes this debate with this highly trained professor of theology. There's still a puzzled look, I suspect, on Nicodemus' face, so Jesus uses another illustration. Don't be surprised, Nicodemus, when I say you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear the sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it goes. I've seen blizzards. I've watched as trees sway underneath the wind. I've seen high waves and even seen telephone poles downed and tractor trailers all overturned. I can't be convinced there's no such thing as wind. But what an exciting concept Jesus is unfolding here. The unseen winds of the Spirit would blow over the world in power to convict people that a new birth was both needful and available. People would not know where it came from or where it was going, but millions of reborn people would testify to the fact that the the winds of the Holy Spirit had blown over their lives. All of this becomes too wonderful for Nicodemus' mind. You see, Jesus had departed from the normal patterns and places of religious practice. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Out of the familiar into the unfamiliar. No rules and rituals are discussed in Jesus' discussion with Nicodemus. Only the unleashing of the power of God. And so Nicodemus' question is a natural one. He says, how can this be? It is not an exclamation of unbelief, for he's already confessed that Jesus is a teacher come from God. Rather, it's a cry for direction. Please don't miss the fact that this encounter takes place with a very religious man. But more than that, here's a hungry man who is saying, how can this experience be mine? How can I, Jesus, find this new way? In answer to that, Jesus took this scholar back to a very religious group of people, but snake-bitten people. A nation had sinned and complained until God decided in the wilderness they needed to be, to be punished. Read the book of Exodus, and you will find all about this journey. Poisonous snakes writhed and slithered among them, and once bitten, they faced a slow, painful death. Numbers 21 records the story of Moses interceding for the people. He was instructed to make a brass serpent, to put it up on a pole, and by looking upon the brass serpent, people would recover. The brass serpent was an emblem of their judgment, but also the focus of their hope. They could not rescue themselves. There was no antidote for the poison except to look up. And this is Jesus' clear answer to Nicodemus' question. Jesus was lifted up on the cross to bear the judgment for my sin and for your sin. He was the antidote for the poison of sinfulness. And by looking on him and believing in him, we are born from above. He died that the Spirit could raise us up. Faith is Jesus. Faith in him is necessary in order to be born from above. We're all broken these days, and many of us are outraged by the public killing of 46-year-old George Floyd. Not much is being said about this man's faith, but there had been a time when this guy, who was known as Big Floyd, was going in the wrong direction. The witness of his friends reveals that his life was changed by a Nicodemus-style encounter with Jesus Christ. Floyd was from Houston, if you check out his story, and was only in Minnesota because a faith-based initiative was assisting him to qualify as a tractor-trailer operator in Houston. George Floyd worked in ministry to inner-city youth. He worked in housing projects, a place called the Church in the Bricks, the looting and the violence that we've seen in the past week. Certainly not what George Floyd would have wanted. But I'm very thankful today for the knowledge that George Floyd had found Christ. I'm thankful that he was born from above. He had learned, as we all should learn, that the purpose of the cross, as someone has observed, is to repair the irreparable. But that's all of us as we reopen our shuttered and isolated lives. I trust that one thing we will have learned during this this pandemic and during all of the things that we have witnessed in the past week concerning racism, I trust that we will make room for a vital transformative relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me repeat his words in closing. You must be born from above. The words of Jesus, to a needy soul, and today, the words of Jesus, to a needy world. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, thank you for the opportunity to lift up the United States of America, Canada, and all other countries where violence has has erupted over the death of, of a man. Thank you that peace and hope and joy is possible for each of us because of the death of another man, Jesus Christ. And while we decry the way in which George Floyd died, we are thankful that the death of Jesus Christ opened for us a means into the presence of God, a means for transformative change the ability to be born from above merely for the asking to which God always answers in grace. And so I pray that you will bless the leaders and the frontline workers who deal both with a pandemic and deal with what we have been watching happen throughout our world. Bless us all, one human family, no color barrier, no barriers of any kind. And I pray that we will find you As our Savior, serve you as our Lord, and Lord may we bless our world as we find our place in you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. May the blessing of God rest upon you. May the power of God flow through you. And may the works of God flow from our hands as we acknowledge your lordship in all of life. And may the peace that passes all understanding establish our hearts and minds until the day of your appearing. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen.